Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. and I am a recovering compulsive, recovered, excuse me, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, February 24th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book and we are in Chapter 2. There is a solution on page 25, the second paragraph beginning with the great fact. Today's readers are as follows. Reading the OA 12 Steps is Jason. Reading the OA 12 Traditions is Karen New. And reading the text are Helena, Marita, Lisa P., and Judy B. The share ID for Sunday, February 23rd, is 5963. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jason to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. This is Jason, a compulsive overeater from Vermont. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Jason. I will now ask K 
Karen Yu to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning. I'm a compulsive overeater in Michigan, and my name is Karen Yu. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you, Karen. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 2. There is a solution on page 25, the second paragraph beginning with the great fact. I will now ask Helena to get us started. Good morning. This is Helena in New Jersey. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences 
which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. The central fact of our life today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we could never do for ourselves. I'm really struck by the fact that uh, the first half of this chapter was really smashing into our consciousness that we are completely powerless over our addiction. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. And then here we are in the second half of this chapter where there is a solution. And this is the solution. And I suppose it's possible to look at this and say, you have got to be kidding me. That's what you're offering me. I can't stop eating, you know, whatever it is. I have, I'm obese. I'm, you know, dying of uh, bulimia. And this is what you are offering me. At the end of this paragraph, God has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we could never do for ourselves. And the first thing that we could never do for ourselves is to stop eating and to stay stopped. Um, the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts. And I had a relationship with a higher power, and He was in my heart, but He was not in my life. I suppose you could read that, has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is, in, which is indeed miraculous. God has to live in me. God has to accomplish those things in me which I could never do for myself. I didn't realize that I needed my whole attitude toward life, toward my fellows, and toward God's universe to be revolutionized. But in taking this process, in, especially in steps four and five, I saw that I had set myself against everything in the world and that that was one of the main reasons that I was eating compulsively. I was sure that the world was wrong. I was sure that people in my lives were wrong. I was sure that circumstances in my life and circumstances in the world in general were wrong. And in that way, without knowing it, I had set myself against God. And I needed to comfort myself with food. And I had been using food for so long in that way that I could no longer stop. And therefore, this is what the big book is offering to us that God will accomplish for us the things we could never do for ourselves, starting with the way that we were eating out of control and going on to our lives, the people around us, and the whole universe. Pass. Thank you, Helena. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Judy B. From Pittsburgh. This is Paula. I heard Lauren, and I heard Paula. And who else? Judy B. Judy B. Okay, Lauren, you could go first. Thank you very, very much. My name is Lauren S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This paragraph gives me great hope because... Right now, I've been learning a lot of truths about myself and my mental obsession, and I will continue to for for the next series of pages. And now I'm being introduced to 
what it's like to live in the solution. I, I know there's a solution because the chapter is called There is a Solution, and I know that there is one solution for me. This is a spiritual experience sufficient to bring about recovery. And I know now that I'm learning about the insanity, which for me, insanity just means I can't see the truth about my situation. My mind is insane, so it doesn't allow me to see the truth. It it causes me to live in a lie, in delusion, in insanity. What, What Bill is, and the other writers are showing me here, is, is for one, there are two different ways to have that spiritual change to bring about recovery, that personality change. It can be immediate or it can be a slow variety. And they reference the spiritual experience appendix, and that's going to be referenced on page 27 as well as 47. It's referenced in the book three times. So clearly they really want us readers to know that you can have a spiritual experience slowly or like Bill, but I, I feel like most are of the slow variety, and that gives great hope to somebody like me who did not have a, a white flash experience. <clears throat> um, also, when I when I read this, I, I believed that, that that there was nothing else except for a deep and effective spiritual experience that was going to change my whole attitude. I I believe that I needed uh, a shift in my whole attitude toward my fellows and toward, toward God. And I believed it would be a miracle. And finally, the word lives. The creator has entered in our hearts and lives in a way. That is indeed miraculous. In, I think it was in no, no, it was in December. Harlan gave a share, and he talked about a living God. And I have written Harlan, a living God. It grows, adapts, and changes with my life. And my version, my uh, my understanding today of God, has grown. And so when I was first fastening, what I what I really thought I could put my whole entire life into back in, um, it was in about a year and a half ago, it's grown as I've grown through program. So that also gives me great hope that I don't have to um, have a complete understanding of what God is in my life because the concept is going to grow and as I too, Okay, thank you, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. Paula? This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I would like to come to this line, the central. Central means the main fact of our lives today is the absolute, absolute. I talk about the absolutes in the program. Without and beyond doubt, certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. This line here, you know, Bill often refers to his creator. We see he uses the same word for meaning higher power, God, our creator, 
But the word that I'd like to cling to and hold on to here is friend. You see a friend has come in. Have you ever lived with a friend? Have you ever lived with a friend? You walk with them, you talk with them, and you tell them things that are troubling you. And the friendship grows. And some things you hold back. Some things you hold back. But as your friendship deepens, you don't hold back anymore. And that's it. Lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. I hold back nothing now. He has commenced, begun to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. I couldn't. Every time I I thought I could, I failed. Today the difference is that I know I cannot do it by myself. And I have a friend that lives within Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Judy B. Judy B. This is Judy B. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you for your service, Rebecca. This paragraph is just absolutely miraculous. And that's the word I would like to uh, to bring our attention to. Um, first, I was thinking about you know the promises of the program, and then and then as I read this paragraph, it just it explains everything. This paragraph tells us exactly exactly what this program does. Uh, I'm just overpowered by it. We have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life. Toward life and toward our fellows, the people we meet in life, and and toward the whole universe. The central facts of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. It is miraculous. I think about the years, the years when I struggled with trying to make sense out of life. And then, he has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do for ourselves. I was not able to do this before. You know, it was with his help that... That, that this change, this revolutionary change happened. And because of it, my life will never be the same. I, I am so grateful for that. Uh, on page 50, it tells us that um, each of us may experience uh, this higher power in different ways. It says in our personal stories, you will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. Whether we agree with a particular approach or conception seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us that these matters about, about which, for our purpose, we need not be worried. They're questions for each of us to settle for himself. But it's been my 
my experience that God reveals himself to each individual in his own way. And I've seen this as I've worked with different people. Some people understand this immediately. Some people take a long time. But it's, it's irrelevant. You know, God reveals himself to us in the way that we can accept him and know him the best. Our understanding of this God grows as we see more and more of his nature. I'm just so grateful for this program and so grateful that I I have found this awakening. And I'm so grateful that all of you are on this journey with me and so grateful for all that gives service to this. Oh, a miraculous program, and I'm so grateful to be part of it. With that, I pass. Thank you, Judy B. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Barbara? Go ahead, Barbara. This is Sharon in Colorado. Thank you. This is Barbara, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I'm very moved to look at the, quote, deep experience, because that's really what I always wanted, that I was always searching for, Um, God entering into my heart. But I spent my time trying to get God in my head and trying to get, you know, ways to deal with the the way my inability to do life showed up with turning to food again and again and again, constantly, every every challenge of life, the solution, there is a solution, food and withdrawal and all the other sick behaviors that go with, with this disease. But to have that deep experience of God in my heart, I mean, I couldn't accomplish that. There was no course that I took, and I took so many. There was no book I could read, and my shelves were filled. There was no program I could go to. But the deep experiences of the 12 steps and the life of the spirit that develops is beyond imagining. It is doing for me what I could never accomplish for myself, what no person, no skilled person, no trained person, no professional, no religious person could give me, but yet... The crack, the crack that compulsive overeating and the misery that came with it opened my heart in a way that broken heart was the crack that allowed God to move in as I see it and grace could come in to begin to fill it. And with the program and the 12 steps and and all the the way the fellowship is designed uh, to foster that deep experience and show up in, in my way of life. And it is effective because I could never have good effects from anything I did on my own, but being guided uh, by an inner resource, as the spiritual experience describes in the appendix, that unsuspected inner resource. Well, my inners were so filled with fear, negativity, doubt, all the other stuff, excess food. There was, there was no open crack for God and the grace to move in very thankful. I'm even thankful for the misery of the crack because I know I needed that. Uh, Otherwise, why would I need God? I mean, I had myself and I had all the things I could do in my life. Why would I need God? Um, Thank you and I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Sharon? Leanne? Janice? I got your names, but Sharon is next. Okay, thank you, Rebecca. 
Uh, this is Sharon in Colorado, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And uh, I, too, just uh, love this paragraph um, because, you know, as we've gone through this book from the very beginning up to this page, and my goodness, we're only on page 25, God has been working in our hearts, in our minds to show us, number one, what, what I took so long to come to terms with, to see and understand the seemingly hopeless state of my mind and body when it came to uh, my compulsive overeating. So then I can look at this paragraph and realize that that great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had this deep and effective spiritual experience. It has, it has been, it has happened. It has happened. It's an experience. It's not just a, um, you know, kind of lurking half, half divided mind. No, it has happened. And I'm so grateful for that. And then it goes on to say that this revolutionizes our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows and toward God. And in going through the process of the steps four through nine, God continues to re new and restore my mind to sanity each and every day. Um, I still have my struggles with my fellows and to be able to see that and see my part in it and then give that to God and then trust in him that he is removing from me these defects of character that have always created so much havoc in my life and in the lives of others and hindered my true relationship like I always wanted it to be with God. So that is just miraculous. And then to see that this has commenced and he's accomplishing these things, he's doing this good work, which I never could do on my own power, on my own puny willpower. No way. Not only now I am so grateful, you know, to see that um, the food, my inability to deal with life and the the harsh realities of life and the joyful realities of life, both of them could, could send me back to the food. And that is the reality of life. And so now, as a result of, of these steps, I am seeing that God gives me that strength and that courage on a daily basis. You know, I get a daily reprieve contingent on my spiritual condition. And so I must be diligent regarding these steps. I cannot uh, let my guard down. I cannot think, well, you know, I've done this now for <clears throat> X amount of days, so now I can just uh, lighten up. That was always that lie that I believed. But uh, today I do not believe that lie. I believe I must be diligent in the way I work this program so that I may experience the freedom that God has for each and every one of us if we are just willing to follow the basic, simple, but not easy instructions that are laid out in this book. The directions are so precise and they give us the freedom that we never thought we would have. And I'm so grateful for that and I'm grateful for everyone out on the line, the service that you do. I welcome everyone out on the line today and <clears throat> and with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Leanne, you're next. Hi, Leanne. Uh, recovering, recovered, compulsive overeater, anorexic. But um, I was when I first read this, I read it in two ways. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives 
in a way which is indeed miraculous, and then to read it the other way, he has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. It kind of means, you know, it kind of means the same both ways, but the fact that he lives in me has become more and more evident as I continue to try to live my life the way, the best way I think he wants me to. And that's how I've grown spiritually, knowing that when I'm trying my best to do his will, the blessings are amazing. I'm I'm aware of his hand on so many things that go on in my life, answered prayer, immediate, like abundantly answered prayer. But my, my 1% is to try to keep doing what I believe he wants me to, to the best of my ability, and to be constantly aware, to try to keep him in the center of my brain and my problems and worries at the, you know, the peripheral part of my brain, the outer part, to keep him in the center. And um, when I do that, he really lives in my heart. He really is in my life. And uh, just this weekend, I just was abundantly blessed by a quick prayer, a quick prayer, like a quick short time of praying for something that I really wanted to happen, a real strong desire in my heart. And then yesterday to see it's almost like it was like gushings of blessings. And um, that just touches my heart so much when I see those personal touches. And that just continues to woo me even closer to him and um, to want this life even more. Just such little bit I do, and then he comes like around to the to the maximum. So um, every time I read this sentence, I'm always interested in who's going to say lives and who's going to say lives. Because they both, um, you know, it both makes sense both ways. So thanks, thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leanne. Janice? Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Rebecca. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, in the paragraph previously, it says, we have seen the problem been solved. Well, isn't that a solution? Um, that's what I came here for, is a a result. Um, And it says, all we did was to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools, tools you use to get a result. And um, this is exactly the fact, that when I implemented and went through these steps, I got a result, a spiritual result that, that helped change my change me physically and mentally which is of course you know when when it says our creator has entered into our hearts and you know i i can say that's my mind my mind from my heart to my mind because i had an obsession of the mind and i did a lot of research trying to get solve this problem and i couldn't but this is the solution right here I had to change, and this is how I changed. When I picked up these spiritual tools and I found a God of my understanding because that was the power that was missing. I was powerless. I lacked power, and this is, what, this is, this is an absolute truth. This is what's going to happen. This is, this is not maybe, um, if, but it is an absolute truth. That it implies there's no implications here. It's uh, miraculous and uh, something that we can't explain. And thank you so much. And I pass. Thank you, Janice. 
This is Rebecca, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'd like to share briefly on this paragraph. Uh, The first thing I wanted to say is that um, I have a note to take a look at page 60, beginning with our description. So I'd like to read that here. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, and see that God could and would if he were sought. And that's certainly um, what I've found to be true, um, that he commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. And I also want to point out that I had for ourselves, I didn't realize that it was by ourselves until we read it just this time, So I'm so glad to be teachable and to see there is a slight difference between God doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves and what we could never do by ourselves. In other words, God is doing this with us, and um, I have to do my share. I always have to do my share, what I can do, and then God will help me do it. Together we can do what I couldn't do by myself. And with that, I'll pass, and I'm going to suggest that we move on with Marita to read Appendix 2 on page 561 and 560, I mean 567 and 568 and share on all that because we've been sent to that appendix when we were reading Effective Spiritual Experiences, and at the bottom of page 25, it says, Fully Explained in Appendix 2. Go ahead, Marita. Good morning, uh, Rebecca. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Marita in Virginia, recovered. Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, Yes, Marita, we do hear you. Okay, thanks. I'm sorry I'm uh, on the road. Spiritual experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it is not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once, by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, 
that such a change could hardly have been brought about by itself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance, that principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. Okay, so this appendix was uh, first uh, put into the book in the second edition after they got a lot of feedback over those 16 years of the uh, first editions publishing people um, saying, but it feels like you guys said we've got to get this thing right away, bang. Um, and they're like, no, not really. Um, so having the chance to read the entire appendix at once makes me feel like I need to sort of like just step back and, and say in a nutshell what, what they're trying to say here. So I think one thing they want to say is that some of us get it quick and some of us get it slow, and it doesn't really matter how it comes to us as long as we do indeed develop this special relationship with our higher power. And the other thing it feels like it's saying to us is that this is a huge revolutionary change in our personality that sometimes we don't even notice because part of that change is that we become less self-absorbed. So we're out there, people are out there, being of service, and they don't even realize that this is different from the way they used to behave. But the difference is huge. That's one thing that they're trying to say here, is that this is, and this is a big change in our psychology, in our attitude, in the way we think about life in the world. And, um, and that's a huge blocker for our ability to get this change one of the biggest blockers for us is uh, uh, discussed in that very last um, paragraph where they're quoting Herbert Spencer that, um, that we close ourselves off, that we arrogantly say, you guys don't have an idea here for me. I know what's going on. I'm, I've got this. You can't tell me something new. So we are learning how to be open willing, honest, and in that, in that new behavior, we are being cracked open and given this incredible gift of just noticing that God is always and has always already been here for me. You know, every breath I take, 
is God-given, and I always took it for granted. I never noticed that before. And now I, I carry that feeling with me. And any time I get depressed or stuck or, or in fear, in anger, in some sort of trouble, in some sort of heartbreak, I breathe. I breathe deeply, and I thank my higher power for this breath, for this life, for this opportunity for another day to be here and to do whatever is in front of me, whatever higher power wants me to do next. Thanks so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Marita. Who would like to share on the spiritual experience? Vered from Jerusalem. Katie from Boston. Leah. Okay, Vered, you could go first. Thank you. This is Vered, a recovered compulsive overeater from Jerusalem. This appendix is and was so meaningful for me because, um, okay, step one is to be willing to admit that I'm powerless over, over the food. But as a step two on, I must start discovering and relying upon what is called God. And that was so difficult for me. And when we, you know, when we read Bill's story, I really wanted to, in a way, be Bill. Because, you know, he did step four. He did, like, the whole process of step one to, to eight in one day with Abby coming to him. And he had this. A spiritual, sudden spiritual um, experience, which, whoa, I wish I had. Yet, this appendix is so crucial for me because it says for most people it's not like that. And I know today that it's so true that as a result of this step, I got and still getting to know my higher power. It's an ongoing process. It's something that should never stop. And it does change. And I just remember that my my sponsor said, um, adopt a God if you don't have a God yet. And ask, act as if this is your God until you're going to find your God. And that sounded to me so weird, but I had to do it because the cravings were so strong. And I knew I had to put down the food. And for me, believing today is the free choice I've got in life, if it's regarding food or anything else. So with the food, it used to be that I'm going to have a thought, and a tiny second later, the food would be in my mouth. But when I, had, when I had the free choice to have God enter my life, even, if, even when I didn't even know who he was yet, all of the, the sudden there was a space. And with the space, I have a choice to have God come more deeply into my heart and my life and postponed between this huge craving and the huge urge to put the food into my mouth and all of a sudden, as the one spoke before me, said, breathing, giving it time, responding, asking God to enter into my life, even though I don't know who he was. And also, going through step four was so meaningful. I saw all of my character defects and my 
problematic behaviors just in front of me. And that can be a killer, but it's not a killer when I'm willing to turn my life to God because he's going to help to remove them and he's going to help me to actually feel compassion for myself and allow myself to understand that I'm a sick person, but I can choose recovery upon illness. And I'm so thankful for that. And I just want to say that it's still an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process. Three weeks ago, I uh, heard um, in my congregation, I heard uh, a, a lecture about the existence of God. And, and, and the lecturer spoke about the, the possibility that maybe God is not there, but we need him in order to be more human and more... Um, believing in a good world and 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 then I for a few days I felt this emptiness emptiness just trying to feel what is it like if God is not part of my life and it was so dark and it was so horrible and in a way I said I had to hear this and I had to go through this experience in order to choose again to believe in God that must be in my life so I pray for myself and for all who is on the line and for all the people who are suffering. Open our hearts and our minds to be in this process of, process of experiencing, searching, and, 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 and not stopping to, 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 to really call God to be part of our life. Thank you, Anita. Thank you, Vered. Katie? Hi, Rebecca. Can you hear me? Sure can. Hi. Good morning. This is TDG Recovered from Boston. And, um, oh, my gosh, this is the, one of the most amazing parts of the book, although they're all pretty fundamental and amazing. But um, I think what I was so motivated, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, thank God, and grateful this morning. And what was so amazing when I first heard this, there's someone pointed out there is a principle which will never fail to keep you in everlasting ignorance, and that is contempt, which is bitter, disdain, dislike, discorn. Basically, before I even hear your solution, I'm calculating in my head to tell you why you're wrong, right? And um, this quote was the one thing that brought me into Alcoholics Anonymous when I was drinking alcoholically, and I know this isn't an AA meeting, but that was the start of putting my food down, right? And I just I was like, she's calling me ignorant. Fine, fine, I'll I'll figure it out. And um, you know, what's been so phenomenal for me is that I came in not having a relationship with God, um, feeling so cut off, and I I didn't have a relationship with God. Why? Not only because of um, the selfishness, dishonesty, self-centeredness, and fear, but because I kept using food as a solution, right? Like when you use food, or excuse me, when I use anything as a solution that's not God, I have a different God, right? Whether it be food or whatever it is. For me, my primary um, turning for my whole life was food, boxes and bags and exercise and Ipecac and bulimia and, and craziness, right? And so I came in and all I knew that w- was that I hit such a bottom, I was unemployable, I couldn't maintain a relationship, I had to leave, um, I came to Boston because I was so lost in my disease, I didn't, I didn't know where to go, and I had to come home. And all I knew was that I didn't know, and that is the most important thing, and what 
I didn't think that I could ever have a God. Like, why me? Why would I, with my history, if you knew what I did, God could never love me. And what was so amazing is, is that I get to have a relationship with a God of my understanding. And so I kept coming and I kept coming and I put the food down. And finally, after way too many years, I did those steps um, in the book as they're outlined. And I had my first spiritual experience with God, which is just this feeling that I am no longer alone and the controlling and the fear and the manipulation and getting out of anywhere but this present moment I don't need to do that anymore. If I, I have questions to ask myself all the time, Katie, how would, this, how would this relationship look if you trusted and relied on God? How would today look if you trusted or relied on God? And it's true. I didn't even realize that I was starting to have a relationship with God until the smallest things started happening, right? I started remembering your birthday, and I would call you up and say, hey, happy birthday. I'm going to get on my knees and say a prayer to God for bringing you into this world. And why is that an evidence of God being in my life? Because I am not that person. I am naturally only concerned with myself, and I'm only going to call you and wish you a happy birthday if you're bringing something to me, right, because of my selfishness. But because I had the privilege of putting down the, step, putting down the food and picking up the steps, I should say, I have a relationship with God, and I love what I've heard this morning because it's ongoing, right? Like, Every day I'm kind of like a toilet bowl filling up again with more selfishness, right? And I have a choice. Is God everything or is, is he nothing? What is my choice to be? And if I choose God, that means I show up despite the fear. It means I shut my mouth when I want to talk. It means I listen. It means I ask God for direction. It means tonight I show up for an exam. It means most importantly that I don't eat and I work the steps so that I can have this ongoing relationship with God. Because again, when I put food, when I put self, when I put men, when I put money in front of anything, that's what I get. That's my result, and I am so privileged to be able to show up and to not have to live a fear-based, food-based, anger-based, you know, life anymore. And that doesn't mean I do it perfect because I do it so messily. But I have these awarenesses every day, and I stay clean, and I help others, and God stays with me. And it is so exciting and powerful, and you live on your growing edge. You know, and that's where I want to be today. And um, if you're new, there is a solution here today. And, and you too can have God. This isn't just for the special people. This is for everyone. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Leah? Thanks so much, Rebecca, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, the term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening. I mean, essentially this appendix was written to reassure us that most people don't have such a white flash experience like Bill had, um, told less than 10% have that, but most of us have a gradual experience. Um, the personal change, personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism. Um, you know, so what is the goal, the objective... And the aim here is to have this spiritual awakening, this personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. How do I get one of those? Because <laughs> I needed one bad. I get one of those as a result of these 12 steps. It says on the bottom, he finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration, alteration means change, in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. 
you know, I was beaten to a pulp by this disease um, after almost two decades of madness and mayhem and emotional torture and mental turmoil. Um, I was brought to my knees. And, you know, uh, if I was going to survive this illness, um, if I was going to come out of it alive, I had to find a power other than myself or any other human resource because none of that was working. I had to reconsider or die. You know, my, my human resources, as marshaled by my will, were not sufficient. They failed utterly. And... um You know, what this book does, what these steps did, was take me on a journey from self-centeredness to God-centeredness. You know, the result of this spiritual awakening was a change um, in the way that I thought, in the way that I felt, and especially in the way that I behaved. And what distinguishes what we do here with the 12-step process from self-help programs is that this change is not done, uh, you know, by us. It's done to us. It's done to us through a power greater than myself. Because me, me, myself, and I, I had a mind that kept taking me back to that which was killing me. I had an allergy of the body, an obsession of the mind uh, that I could not conquer left to my own devices, left to my own resources. So, you know, the big book, the process of the steps allowed me to be put back together by the master's hand, not by my own doing, although I obviously had a responsibility in my recovery. (laughs) Willingness is a one-person job. I had to be willing to walk a path I had never walked before. I had to be willing to experience a God I had never experienced before. But it was certainly was not done by me. I had uh, the opportunity to be awakened by a spirit that I got through these 12 steps. You know, I got to have these spiritual wings, and now I, you know, have an opportunity and, and uh an obligation to fly and to take these principles into all my affairs and into my home, you know, uh, but this was not done by me. This was something that was done for me. You know, I came here restless, irritable, and discontent. I came here filled with resentment and a lot of fear and tremendous guilt and remorse and self-centeredness, and because of those conditions in my mind, because of the way I thought, and because of the way I felt, and especially because of the way I behaved, that always led me back to compulsive overeating. Always led me back. I couldn't stay stopped. Now, what if I could change from that that I just described to something entirely different? then that would be a result of having a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, and that's exactly what happened. That that is exactly what happened, and that's what the steps do, are take away that mental obsession and substitute for that mental obsession a spiritual awakening, a sense of harmony with the universe, and a sense of unity with life that allows me to become sane again. Sane, soundness of mind. Wholeness of mind, but not done by me, done for me. No longer a hostage to my thinking mind, but a host to God. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
Thank you, Leah. This is Rebecca, and I'd like to share one more thing before we close. And that is that it dawned on me on the bottom of page 12, but soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. And I'm experiencing that. I've been on a high where God is everything and has been totally uh, taking care of me and holding me in his arms. And I can genuinely feel that the sense of his presence is being blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. And gracefully, I'm given this meeting and the opportunity to share my program with others to keep me on track and not let those worldly clamors blot out the presence of my higher power. And it's by the grace of God himself and this program that I can constantly be reminded that I'm one step away from picking up food if I don't stay immersed in this program and allow God to continue to do for me what I can't do by myself. And with that, I will pass, and it's time for us to close. Um, So let's move to um, the reading from the big book on page 164 with Lisa P. Lisa P., is that you? Rebecca, this is Melanie. I can read that. Uh, It would be Judy B. if she's available, Melanie. Judy B., can you hear me? Yes, page 164. Yes. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.